the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Hope Lives 365, Pastor Mark Finley shares the courage of the prophet Daniel. When threatened with execution for honoring the second commandment, thou shalt have no other gods before me. So here you have a universal world leader. He establishes a counterfeit system of worship that is a counterfeit of God's image. He commands all of those in his kingdom to worship the image. So the second commandment becomes a test question. Whoever does not fall down and worship shall be cast immediately into the fiery furnace. You know, for many in this world, accumulating possessions and having a sense of authority and control take top priority. The pagan king of the Babylonian Empire, Nebuchadnezzar, wanted his empire to last forever. And to illustrate this, he had a huge golden statue of himself made for his subjects to worship. Uh, But from the vantage point of God's throne, this graven image was small and insignificant. Today on Hope Lives 365, Pastor Mark Finley talks about how the imagery in the Old Testament book of Daniel allows us to understand those prophecies described in the book of Revelation. So stay with us as we begin part one of a three-part message called Defying the Death Decree. Welcome back to Hope Lives 365 with Pastor Mark Findlay. Please be aware that we have helpful resources available at our website, and you'll find, uh, for example, today's message, Defying the Death Decree there. Just go online to hopelives365.com. Our teacher is Mark Finley. He's president of Hope Lives 365. Today, Pastor Mark is beginning a new message in his series, Unsealing the Secrets of Daniel, a lesson contrasting earthly power versus the power of heaven. Today, part one, defying the death decree. Here's Pastor Mark Finley. I remember reading a statement many years ago of Dr. Charles Urey, who was the scientist that split the atom, the atomic scientist that developed uh, the atomic bomb. And after the explosion at Hiroshima and Nagasaki, Charles Urey wrote this. He said, I write this to frighten you. I'm a frightened man myself. All scientists I know are frightened men, frightened for their lives and frightened for your life. When you look at the atomic weaponry that we had back in 1945 at the bombing of Hiroshima and Nagasaki, and you compare that to what the human race can do today, it's absolutely staggering. I mean, it's absolutely frightening when you think of the potential of nuclear disaster. There has never been a weapon developed that has not been used. But when we look at the great prophecies of Daniel and the great prophecies of Revelation, and we see this world is in the hands of the living God, that gives us hope, doesn't it? It gives us encouragement. And so tonight we turn to another story in the book of Daniel, but a story that has prophetic overtones. 
Daniel 3 verse 1. Can you read it with me together? Nebuchadnezzar the king made an image of gold whose height was 60 cubits and its width 6 cubits. He set it up in the plain of Dora in the province of Babylon. Did we read about a great image in Daniel 2? Did we read an image in Daniel 2? Who gave King Nebuchadnezzar the dream in Daniel 2? God gave, well, Daniel interpreted the dream, sure. But who was the originator of that dream? It was God, wasn't it? Now, how was the image in Daniel 2 different from what the king did in Daniel chapter 3? How was that different, class? Yeah, in Daniel 3, the image was all of gold. In Daniel 2, it had a head of gold, breast and arms of silver, thighs of brass, legs of iron, feet of iron and clay. What did the different metals represent in chapter 2? Different what? Kingdoms or nations. The head of gold represented Babylon. King Nebuchadnezzar did not like the idea that another kingdom would follow his, Medo-Persia, in silver, followed by a third kingdom in bronze, a fourth kingdom in iron. He didn't like that idea, did he? So he made his image all of what? Gold. Now it's a fantastic image. It's 60 cubits and its width is 6 cubits. How long is a cubit? Well, a cubit is from the, the ancients measured a cubit from the elbow to the end of the finger there. So if you were long and skinny, the cubit might be a little bit longer. If you were short and stubby, I did not say corpulent or the word. If you were short and stubby, your uh, cubit may be a little short, usually between 18 and 24 inches. We usually take 18 inches. So something that's 60 cubits high is, that's probably including the pedestal, would be 60 cubits. If a cubit is about a foot and a half, 18 inch, about 90 feet high, six cubits about nine feet wide, certainly at the base. So about 90 feet high. Now, do I have any builders here at all? Any builders? Okay. How tall is a one, one story? If you're figuring about one story, do you know how tall that is? Yeah, about 10 feet, right? About 10 feet is a story. So if you're looking at this image, it's about nine stories high. This was not any small image. It was probably, that would certainly include the platform. The planes of Dora were flat like a saucer. Now you can imagine a image on a platform, the total height of that being 90 feet high or a nine-story building on the planes of Dura with the sun shining off that image, dancing in every direction. You could see it for miles. Now, this is an image not that God made, but that Nebuchadnezzar made, an image all of gold. Nebuchadnezzar desired his empire to last forever. Daniel chapter 3, verse 2, and King Nebuchadnezzar sent word to gather together the satraps. Another word for satraps are princes. The princes, the administrators, the governors, the counselors, the treasurers and the judges and the magistrates and all the officials of the provinces to come to the dedication of the image which King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Anybody that was anybody and everybody that was somebody was invited, not invited, but commanded to come to the dedication of that image. 
Now the representatives came as representatives of their people. So there were governors of provinces. There were princes that ruled over multiple provinces. There were administrators that governed. There were treasurers and financial people. So the political officials were the representatives of the people, like the Senate or the Congress. They were gathered to come to the plains of Dura for this dedication of this image. So this is an incredibly significant event. It's significant for two real reasons. One, Nebuchadnezzar is making a statement. And the statement that Nebuchadnezzar is making is, I don't care what God said. I have set up an image that represents the the permanence and the durability and the long-lasting nature of Babylon. Whatever God says makes no difference to me. You have the true image in chapter 2, the counterfeit image in chapter 3. For everything that God has, Satan has a counterfeit. So you have the genuine revelation of history in chapter 2, the counterfeit understanding in chapter 3. You have God's way in chapter 2, man's way in chapter 3. You have obedience to God's law in chapter 2, disobedience to God's law in chapter 3. So Nebuchadnezzar has this huge celebration for the image that is being set up. Pastor Mark Findlay with a study in contrasts between God's way and man's way found in chapters 2 and 3 in the Old Testament book of Daniel. You're listening to Hope Lives 365. Let me remind you that you can hear today's message, what you heard just now, and the entire message in an unedited format by going online to hopelives365.com. You can listen there, or for a nominal fee, you can download the audio file for yourself or to share with someone. Just look for the title, Defying the Death Decree, in the radio archives. Again, hopelives365.com. Pastor Mark is back in a moment, but first we want to welcome your support to this ministry as we continue to bring in these messages each week. And right now, for a generous gift, we'd like to say thank you for your support by sharing a copy of the Red Letter Edition King James World Heritage Reference Bible. Beautiful black bonded leather cover. The volume also includes 106 pages of Mark Finley's study helps and uh, center column references, color maps, an extensive Bible concordance, messianic prophecies, and a presentation page for your family history. This would make a wonderful gift to share with someone or just to have in your own library. Contact us today at hopelives365.com. Just go online and make that generous gift of $50 or more at hopelives365.com. Or you can do that by calling 855-888-HOPE. That's toll-free, 855-888-4673. Now, in a moment, Pastor Mark talks about a universal world leader who gives a general command for every person under his authority to obey or suffer death. He says, whoever does not fall down in worship shall be cast immediately into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are not prepared to break the commandments of God in the face of a universal decree. Stay with us for more Hope Lives 365.
Welcome back to Hope Lives 365. A little later, I'll share information about a small book from Pastor Mark in which he assures you that facing challenges in your faith, the promises of God can still be true and sure. Uh, The book is called Certainty in an Uncertain World. I'll tell you more about that just a bit later, but right now, Pastor Mark is returning to share more from his message called Defying the Death Decree, about the command of a powerful king to worship his statue, the image of a man in place of the living God. Here's Pastor Mark Findlay. Let's look at verse 4. Then a herald cried aloud, To you it is commanded... So there are always key words in a text. The key word here is commanded. Verse 4. Then a herald cried aloud to you, it is commanded. Notice other key words. O peoples, nations, and languages. So here is a universal command by a universal world ruler. What does he command? That at the time you hear the sound of the horn, the flute, the harp, the lyre, the psaltery, in symphony, with all kinds of music, you fall down and worship the golden image that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. Notice the key word here is worship. Key word in verse 5 is worship. Verse 4 is commanded. Verse 5 is worship. So here you have a universal world leader. What's the universal world's leader name, everybody? Nebuchadnezzar. He establishes a counterfeit system of worship. So a universal world leader establishes a counterfeit system of worship. He establishes an image that is a counterfeit of God's image. He commands all of those in his kingdom through their representatives to worship the image. To worship the image was a violation of the second commandment. What does the second commandment say? Thou shalt not make unto thee what? Any graven image or thou shalt not worship them. So the second commandment on the plains of Dura with a universal world leader becomes a test question. Nebuchadnezzar says, as the band plays, fall on your face in the dirt and worship. Notice what another thing about this. He then says to them, if you do not bow down and worship, Look here, please, at verse 6. Whoever does not fall down and worship shall be cast immediately into the fiery furnace. Now, Nebuchadnezzar was extremely arrogant. In a recent discovery, an archaeological discovery in the Babylonian tablet, we read this off that tablet. These are the words of Nebuchadnezzar. O Babylon... The delight of mine eyes, the excellency of the kingdoms, may it, my kingdom Babylon, last forever and ever and ever and ever. And so a universal world ruler establishes a universal decree that if you do not bow down and worship at the penalty, you will have the penalty of death. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are not prepared to break the commandments of God in the face of a universal decree. He says, whoever does not fall down in worship shall be cast immediately into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. Now here at this point, we should pause to summarize. A powerful world leader commands worship of a counterfeit image. 
Now, what were the dimensions of the image? 60 and 6. Are there any echoes of another Bible book beginning to echo in your mind? A universal world leader passes a universal decree commanding men and women to worship a certain way, sets up a counterfeit image before all humanity with mysterious mystical numbers 60 and 6. Is there another book in the Bible that have the hints of this? Well, let's just look briefly at Revelation. I'm not going to go into it in detail, but what I want you to see is that the echoes of Daniel are found in the book of Revelation. Now, Daniel and Revelation are the two great prophetic books in the Bible, and the issues in Daniel are repeated in Revelation. And one of the reasons why many people do not understand the last book of the Bible, Revelation, is because they've never understood the book of Daniel. In Revelation, the 13th chapter, it starts this way. And I will quote Revelation 13, verse 1 and 2. And as I stood upon the sand of the sea, I saw a great beast rise up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns. And upon his horns were ten crowns, and upon his heads the name of blasphemy. And the beast which I saw was like unto a leopard, and his feet were like the feet of a bear, and his mouth like the mouth of a lion. And the dragon gave him his power, his seat, and great authority. Did you see that in Revelation 13, verse 1 and 2? Now notice what it says. I stood upon the sand of the sea, and I saw a great what come out of the sea? A beast. Now in Bible prophecy, a beast represents a king or a kingdom, a political or a religious political system. I saw a beast come up out of the sea. It had seven heads and ten horns. And the beast that I saw was like a what? Leopard. And it had the feet like the feet of a what? Bear. Had the mouth like a mouth of a what? Lion. And the dragon gave him his power, his seat, and great authority. Notice you have four animals, leopard, lion, bear, dragon. They are the exact four animals in Daniel 7. We're going to study those four animals and what they mean in Daniel 7, so we're not getting ahead of it. But here's my point. The imagery in Revelation, that imagery is already given in Daniel. And if you don't understand the imagery in Daniel, you will never understand the book of Revelation. What I do want you to see, though, is the similarity between Revelation 13 and Daniel 3. The last part of Revelation 13, starting with verse 12, he exercises all the authority of the first beast. Revelation 13 speaks about two beasts. This is the second beast. He exercises all the authority of the first beast and causes the earth and those that dwell in it to worship the first beast and he was granted to give breath to the image of the first beast. Let's just pause there for a moment. Are we reading about an image in Revelation 13? If the word beast, according to Daniel, and I should just show you this, keep your finger wherever you are. If you're in Revelation 13, keep it there. Go over to Daniel 7 just for a moment. I just want to show you how the Bible explains itself. Daniel chapter 7. And look at Daniel chapter 7. Daniel 7 verse, well, let's just look at even more just so you can get the setting. Daniel 7 verse 4. 
The first was like, it's going to tell you about four beasts. Daniel 7 verse 4. The first was like a what? Lion. Verse 5. Suddenly another beast, a second like a what? Bear. Verse 6. After this I looked and there was another like a what? Leopard. Verse 7. And this I saw in the night visions. Behold, a fourth beast, dreadful and terrible, exceedingly strong. You look at this beast, he's kind of like a dragon. You read that in Revelation 13, didn't you? What do beasts represent? Well, you look down in verse 23. It's pretty obvious. Well, let's look at verse 17, then 23. And the four beasts, which are four, are four kings. Marginal reference says four kingdoms. That is even plainer in verse 23, Daniel 7, verse 23. Thus he said, the fourth beast shall be the fourth, what? Kingdom on the earth. So in Daniel chapter 7, the beasts represent kings or kingdoms. So in Bible prophecy, a beast represents a kingdom. So notice Revelation 13, verse 15. He was granted power to give breath to the image of the kingdom. So the image of this, the second beast, makes an image to the first beast. Pastor Mark Findlay on Hope Lives 365, describing the similarity of the description found in Daniel's Old Testament book and the prophecy in the book of Revelation. Earlier today, I mentioned a small booklet from Pastor Mark Finley that he'd like you to have. It's called Certainty in an Uncertain World. If you could choose a single word that describes the mindset of our generation, what would you say? Well, it might be that word, uncertainty, because more and more people seem unclear about the future, and that sense of uncertainty is pretty personal. Mark Finley's small book promises to take you on a journey of discovering a holy, loving, and trustworthy God. For your gift of any amount this week, ask for a copy of Certainty in an Uncertain World. You can do that when you call us or go online. The phone number is 855-888-HOPE. That's 855-888-4673. The web address is hopelives365.com. Again, hopelives365.com. We also would encourage you to take a few moments to share how this message, this series in Daniel, has helped you. Write to us at Hope Lives 365, Post Office Box 118, Haymarket, Virginia, 20168. And remember, too, that you or a friend can listen to today's message in its entirety online. Look for the title, Defying the Death Decree, at hopelives365.com. Understand that what Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego went through in Daniel 3, the last days of verse history, God's people will go through something very, very, very similar. In a moment, Pastor Mark closes out this message on Hope Lives 365. As we finish up today's edition of Hope Lives 365, Pastor Mark Fenley points out the similarities between Daniel's third chapter in the Old Testament and going all the way to the end of the Bible, the 13th chapter in the book of Revelation. Here's Pastor Mark Finley. What do you have in Revelation 13? Here are the principles. You have a universal world power passing a universal decree that has to do with worship the violation of the commandments of God and those that do not bow down in that prescribed way eventually are killed. What do you have in Daniel chapter 3? 
You have a universal world leader in the days of Babylon passing a universal decree. A specific commandment becomes the test question. That is the second commandment. And uh, those that don't bow down to the image in Daniel 3 are threatened with death. Why does God put Daniel 3 in the Bible? He puts it in there for an end time people to understand that what Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego went through in Daniel 3, just before the coming of Jesus at end time in the last days of earth's history, God's people will go through something very, very, very similar. He puts it in there so that we will have hope, courage, and faith as we approach a climactic hour of earth's history. A powerful world leader commanded worship of a counterfeit image, both in Daniel 3 and Revelation 13. It will happen again, according to the Bible, at end times. Pastor Mark Finley on today's Hope Lives 365, explaining how the prophecy of Daniel points to the end times prophecies in the book of Revelation. This reminder that we stand ready to assist you in your own journey of faith, and we have a number of excellent biblical resources available for you, including a copy of today's lesson at the website, hopelives365.com. Well, that does it for today. Thanks for joining us. Next time, Pastor Mark Finley continues the series about unsealing the secrets of Daniel and how King Nebuchadnezzar reacted when Daniel and his friends would not worship the golden statue of the king. Join us next time for another Hope Lives 365.